0: Hello, welcome to Open Dialogue. I'm Noel T. Manning II. got to tell you, uh, really excited to have Ian Seabrook, cinematographer, who's really known for his underwater cinematography work right here uh, today, talking with us on Open Dialogue. Uh, his work is pretty deep and vast. Uh, he's been uh, involved in film going back to the, the early 90s. Uh, some of the filmmakers he's worked with over the course of his career uh, include everybody from, from Tom Cruise to... Zack Snyder uh, to Will Smith, to to many, many others. Uh, Now you can find some of his work in theaters, Jungle Cruise, Old, and uh, speaking of, of, of Zack Snyder, you can also find his work on Army of the Dead. Let's dive in and spend some time talking to Ian Seabrook about his work in film, television, and just his love of the industry. Hello, welcome to Open Dialogue and Meet Me at the Movies uh, right here on C19 TV and WGWG and also uh, through uh, my YouTube channel. We appreciate you spending time with us as we talk movies uh, in, in various aspects from reviews to interviews and uh, hot topics. And we're really happy today to have uh, Ian Seabrook, a cinematographer that y- your body of work is, is pretty amazing and it's pretty vast. Uh, everything from, from television to feature films, to documentary uh, work as well. Is there anything that you don't do as it relates to cinematography, Ian Seabrook? Uh,
1: Maybe industrial videos. I don't
0: know. Well, I appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, And and as we're recording this show, uh, some of your work can be seen uh, on the big screen with uh, Emily Blunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Uh, Jungle Cruise, Disney's Jungle Cruise, um, and... uh, uh, but before we talk about that, I really want to get some background to when you discovered, how did you discover that this was something you wanted to do? That's the first question, so I'll let you answer that. And then I'm going to do a follow-up on that.
1: Okay. Um, I was, you know, I've been interested in underwater, the underwater world realm, whatever whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, from, from a pretty young age. Uh, I used to watch a lot of Disney nature documentaries. And then the requisite James Bond, uh, Thunderball, uh, The Deep, Jaws, anything that had water. Um, I was most interested, I think the, the element in Jaws I was most interested in was when Dreyfus, went, when um, Cooper went down in, into, the, into the cage. Um, and so, you know, National Geographic issues of the magazine, looking at the photography, um, I obviously developed a, an interest in still photography and played around in the dark room and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, went to Australia and and there was a place that was renting uh, little still camera housings for um, cameras. And I, I said, oh, I want to check that out. So I went down, did that, and took some photos. And I still have the slides. Wow, um, it's mo- mostly dead coral, but it doesn't, <laughs> really know. And um, and I took a uh, like a, a selfie of myself, and I thought, oh, is that is that the first? underwater <laughs> selfie i don't know probably not but anyway um so it's pretty funny to see what i was wearing back then too because yeah. i think the rental the rental wetsuits were like pink and pink and neon orange or something and it's like colors that are not in my wardrobe at all so uh anyway um and so you know came to the point where you gotta figure out what you want to do with your life you know and my mama just passed away i was traveling around the south pacific for a couple of years um i'd saved up a bunch of money that from the jobs that i had done and i was you know, I had a bit of a precipice thinking, you know, I was in New Zealand, actually, on the North Island of New Zealand at a place called Cape Caprianga. And I just thought, OK, what do you we, we got to figure this out? So I said, OK, well, I love photography and I love diving. So I want to put the two of them together. There's no school. There was no formal training. Uh, there was a Brooks Brooks Institute of Photography, I think, in California at the time. But, you know, I, I, I probably didn't have the money to, to go there. So basically um, just applied myself and kept um, saved up enough money and bought a Nikonus 5 still camera, and, which is underwater Nikon, and just stayed obsessed with it. And uh, eventually, you know, got a, in as a camera assistant and started working uh, with underwater motion picture housings as an assistant and, um, and then that developed into shooting. And I think my photographic background with exposure and focus and so on and so forth definitely helped the transition from shooting stills to cinematography. And then, of course, a lot of it now is all digital, but, you know, my, my primary training was all in film. So it's, it's been the lifelong obsession that I've just stayed yeah. with. And like any like any discipline, if you're a musician or whatever, just staying with it. And if, if once you realize it's not serving you, then you just go, I'm moving on to something else. Yeah. But for me right now, it's still very much still exciting. So,
0: well, I, I lived uh, in the Bahamas back in uh, 1987 and. Uh, my uncle um, was a, a huge photography enthusiast and also underwater. He did a lot of snorkeling. And so you were talking about those housings and he would buy yeah. housings. And uh, I remember the first time I went snorkeling with him, it was the first time I'd actually been underwater where I could actually see things. And in the Bahamas, just so crystal clear anyway, yeah. I, was, I was truly blown away at that other world that was there all the time that i'd never had a chance to actually see and i remember uh I, every week uh, i had a day off and i would always i would just go snorkeling and take pictures all the time because it just uh, blew me away what i was able to experience up close and personal yeah. in ways that I, I had only seen in things like national geographic before uh, it was uh it was an eye-opening experience for me in it a lot ready. of ways for
1: sure for sure when you are in the water with marine mammals I've been in the water with a lot of sharks I'm in the water with some killer whales piggment killer whales other kinds of whales pilot whales and uh, when when you're that close to them and you see them looking at you or what you appear to think is <laughs> them looking at you yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a you know I mean it's an otherworldly, Experience, you know. I mean, when I was diving amongst a school of uh, 170 hammerhead sharks, uh, you can't even you can't even speak wow. when you get out of the water. They're like, "That no. hey, was, was the dive," and you're just like, you know So, so yeah, again, you. you know
0: yeah, yeah. For, for me it was barracuda we saw quite a few barracuda and i remember yeah. the first time i saw one of those and my uncle uh, pretty much mouthed what it was i was like do i need to run he's like oh, no it's okay it's yeah. all right you know it's all right and, and once you knew you know once you understand how to uh interact in their world yeah. it's okay it's all it right is their
1: world you're the better yeah bigger. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, once you that was barracuda i think i was I was photographing something it might have been in Honduras or someplace like that and uh, the sun the glint hitting the my watch was like you know I was doing this and the sun hitting my watch uh, created this glint that the barracudas were like Wow, and they were totally attracted to it. So I'm like, oh, okay, be great. I got a couple of shots, and then they kept following me. I thought, oh, this is not good. So I just, what should I do? Take the watch off or do something? I don't know. I, they, eventually, they went away. But I was like, oh, this is it's a great photo op. And then I'm like, okay, well, hey, I, I want it to stop now. But you know, it's like, no, they're going to follow
0: you. you know? Exactly. You know, they're reminding you, it's our world. it's yeah. our yeah. world. You're
1: the you're the visitor. Totally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Uh, there was a uh, film that was shot. Uh, I'm in North Carolina is where I am and there was a film that was shot here uh, back in the late 80s it was called The Abyss and Ah. it was a major uh, underwater uh, taking in a lot of different ways and uh, Earl Owensby uh, who is an independent filmmaker it was his studio and Earl and I uh, we we've known each other for years and he's told me a billion stories about uh, that crazy shoot and so uh, when I think about underwater and how things can go wrong but ultimately it ends up being okay uh, that's a film uh, that i go back to
1: <laughs> i know a few uh, i knew a few friends who worked on that production and and uh, trying to get them to talk about it over the years has been has been difficult i don't i know i know I, I typically don't give up so it's sort of like you know the one story i got finally was that because they were shooting 6-day weeks and they were on nights they didn't have a lot of downtime what are you going to do on the sunday you're probably going to do your laundry not that the guys in the tank or had much laundry; it's basically wetsuits. And <laughs> right? Whatever you, whatever you were wearing when you were going home. So the, um, as they were driving back to the hotel, <clears throat> and there's no traffic on the road, some of the guys in the effects department, in the special effects department, would would pull up adjacent to the other car. It was everybody had their windows down because it was hot and they were trying to not fall asleep at the wheel, and they would shoot firecrackers and. Uh, Little, little mini rocket launchers through, through each other's cars just to wake them up. It was that, that kind of, you know, like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that <laughs> film is still, I mean, I saw it when I was in Australia, um, when I was living there. And then also I saw the, the um, remastered or the director's yeah. cut when it was released in, in the theaters uh, years ago in yeah. uh, Santa Monica. But, um, yeah, it's obviously uh, a major influential film. I, I always had my cut of it, which is where you know, uh, Ed Harris uh, disconnects the bomb and then he just sees the glowing lights coming towards him, and that's where I would end the film. Yeah, I would never have him go into any of that, yeah. um, which is like, you know, everyone's like, what's happening with this film? Why is this yeah. like 18 now, right? So, yeah, but it's this taut thriller it's this taught like james cameron was he, he was very good at um close quartered taught sort of action and 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 investing enough time in the characters that you actually cared about them yeah and uh i i still you know i'll still watch that film uh even the documentary that was made on the making yes. of the film is still wow. fascinating
0: yeah yeah
1: and uh Talent, talent beyond all extremes. Uh, I know some many people who have gone on to do other things. Some people aren't in the film industry anymore, but uh, but certainly a major, still a major influence. That film, wonderful, yeah. wonderful work.
0: Yeah, and very ambitious. And and really, any photography that takes place outside of the CGI world now, when you are um, you are within elements that again you don't have complete control over. That's a, that's a whole different animal. Talk about some of the challenges that you face uh, daily when you are doing underwater photography, especially cinematography.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, a large portion of what in any underwater cinematographer is going to have to do is it's in the film industry. Anyways, at least you're going to have to work uh, with blue screen, green screen, composite screens, and I've done all I've done a fair share, my fair share of it. Um, And so you're either imagining what the element is gonna be behind or, and essentially it's, you know, it's a guy or a a character swimming down or doing things and then they're just gonna replace the background. When we did Man of Steel, for example, there are whales in the background, there's an oil rig on fire. All of it was done against a green screen. So we had no idea what the animators were gonna do. They had a a rough idea, but then of course it gets, you know, one time they had the whale in, then they took the whale out and then it was like, what do we do? or, or will we'll shoot fire elements and then they'll shrink them down, shrink the character down and then they'll create a larger environment. And so you really don't know. Um, yeah. And again, this stuff goes through several different tests at enormous expense. Like, yeah, what happens if we shrink them down and make them smaller? Or what happens if we don't do that? They're always going to experiment. So the main thing is to do, the main thing to do on my end is to make sure that the green screen, blue screen, whatever color they want to use is lit evenly. And then that allows the, um, the Vizifex uh, department to uh, place in uh, whatever they want, whatever, whatever lighting situation they need to do. So um, yeah, blue screen was, a, we used blue screen on Jungle Cruise. I've used it on, uh, we used it on old for a small little piece. Yeah. Um, old was uh, photographed with motion picture film, which is again, as I was saying earlier, how I got my start, which I, believe it or not, prefer to work in that medium than yeah. digital, but uh, everything is digital. The digital is, I guess it's easier, but it also, uh, in that you can see the results, you don't need to wait for the laboratory uh, processing, but it has its own, it's with its, you know, within its um, realm, it still has its difficulties as well. So, um, you know, reduced up the field and, um, you know, just the camera, the, I think when the digital cameras first came out, the tendency was just to keep them running the runtime, you know, obviously with motion picture film, you've got, you know, four under four minute burn time or an under 10 minute right. burn time. You're never going to have a thousand foot mag on a camera underwater, <laughs> except except on Jaws, which is the, the housing for Jaws is sitting in Panavision in Woodland Hills in California. And it's an inverted uh, Mitchell uh, camera, which means the magazines on the bottom. And the, the the lens is here, and the magazines on the bottom, yeah. so it's upside down. You can Google it; you'll find that the images yeah. for it are everywhere. But it's enormous. They used ballasts to um, float ballasts to to um, ballast the camera. And I looked through it, and I was like, "How did anybody? How is any of the photographs, photography and Jaws, in focus?" I was like, "You could You could barely <laughs> see." Like anyway, I don't know how they did it, but um, so yeah. again. Huge respect for uh, for that production as well. I know that uh, yeah. a large portion of that was because the shark didn't work. That was that's, <laughs> which is what made the film better, right? So right, yeah, but, uh, you know,
0: so. yeah.
1: Well, but, yeah, uh, right. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh,
0: you know, so currently you, you've got Jungle Cruise. You've got Old, also Army of the Dead. Um, that's uh, this all exhibiting work that you've you've been a part of. Uh, it seems like you are always busy doing something. I, I've looked back over the uh, the. The bulk of your career for the past few decades, and it's just amazing how many things you have per year. Uh, how do you decide uh, on uh, what uh, what to take and what not to take? I mean, how does that work for you?
1: Some years you know what you're going to be doing uh, within the calendar year, and uh, it all aligns. Uh, yeah. That's but that you know it changes like the weather, and and other times the jobs overlap or they push or they cancel or, you know, that it's, um, it's really luck of the draw, I suppose. I mean, I had, I, I think I had like in 2020 when the pandemic hit, a lot of people weren't working. And, uh, and then I had something booked, but it wasn't until like, you know, September. So it was, it was over in the UK for a few months. And then coincidentally, uh, just this not close to the end of the filming, I got contacted about another job. but Just the timing completely worked out. I, I wasn't wasn't able to do that job, but then the other production that I was on pushed, so then that opened that window up. So sometimes it works out that way, but scheduling it is. Um, sometimes they know they have uh, some water work or second unit or whatever, but they you know they'll get they'll get underway and they'll kind of push it till the end, and sometimes. You know, it's at the end of the schedule when the production run out of money and time and they're like, we got to do this really fast. And you're like, well, yes, uh, everything needs, everything needs its time. It's not just yeah. a rush job and jump in and like pull the trigger. But, right. So,
0: uh, right. You know, but, well, uh, yeah, looking at those three projects, Army of the Dead, Old and, and Jungle Cruise what are the uh, the differences that that you encountered on those uh, and and things that you truly remember as standout scenes uh, or moments for you and your your work on them
1: well army of the dead i shot the second unit on that with uh, damon Caro who is Zack snyder's uh, second unit director um and i've worked with zach on anyway, was my fourth or third or fourth film uh working with zach um Zach is a is a unique individual, and he's one of a few select few people that I would, uh, you know, really go the extra mile for. Um, and uh, so that basically we did uh, the, a lot of the, the vault fight and we did there's a, there's a sequence that we did that introduced the, the character of Zeus, um, and uh, that got cut out of the film. So it was this enormous sequence that you know we took a lot of time with and i was like ah where is that sequence it's cut out of the film so and i just said oh it must have been a time thing because i think at the moment it's still two hours and 38 minutes yeah. there, that might have been like the three hour director's cut of that was yeah it, so. so and then um jungle cruise was um just you know meeting with i mean i met uh, i flew from uh, i was in hawaii vacationing with my wife I hadn't seen her in six months or so and uh, and then you know not even a few days into it, it was like, oh, can you come to Atlanta for our meeting? So I was like, oh, sorry, honey, I'm going to go. <laughs> um, and uh, so went and met with the Jama and the Doug Merrifield, the producer, and uh, um, Fabio, the D- the DP, and a few other people. And uh, basically, yeah, I met them before call time. And then they had to go off and shoot. And then I walked through the, the, the sets with the art department talking about the sets, which at that point had not been constructed, or they were in the big early stages of construction. So. Um, the prep for that was was a, was sizable, and uh, you know when we got to Atlanta and shot for about a week and a half or so, um, we shot in two tanks. There was an exterior tank for the boat work uh, when Emily and Dwayne jumped from the Laquila into the water, yeah. and then uh, we transferred the the rest of it into an ex- interior tank inside one of the stages at Blackhall in Atlanta. Um, and then, uh, old was uh, done after I had finished up work on the Thai cave rescue picture in the UK with uh, the directors who did uh, free solo, who won the Oscar for free solo that's uh Chai, yes. Professor Halley, and Jimmy Chin, who are wonderful human beings.
0: Yes, um, and
1: so, um, but at the time, uh, due to the administration, I wasn't able to fly in from the UK into the United States. So um, without uh, a 14 day uh, mandated quarantine. So it wasn't gonna work for the timeframe involved. So I had to fly from the UK to Toronto, Canada, uh, Canada to uh, Panama city, and then Panama city over to the Dominican. That way I skirted around the US airspace. And so I was in the air for about 32 hours of travel by the time we arrived. So, um, which, you know, it's not that dissimilar from when we went to Bora Bora to do uh, Batman versus Superman with Zach again. Uh, I think the travel there, it was, it was probably 29 hours by the time I got to Bora Bora. And, uh, and then we had to, you know, I was like, okay, grab, grab some breakfast and out the door and off to a survey so we had to go survey the dive sites and yeah you know i was like zim- i was like zinging at that point you know <laughs> but uh, yeah so of course as soon as you uh, as soon as you sit down you're like your body just shuts down but, <laughs> right um but old uh, old uh, was in the dominican republic and uh so i had worked with uh knight prior on a picture called glass and uh, also with his cinematographer mike Jalakis, who i've done three or four jobs with now really really stand-up guy. and uh, so old uh, again, it was at it was the, the end of the production, it uh, was the last thing that we did. and um, that was shot at the Dominican Republic, um, the tank that they have down there for Pinewood from Pinewood Studios. Um, so I went from Pinewood Studios in the UK to Pinewood Studios in the Dominican. and um, uh Neiman Marshall had directed had, uh, production designed this entire tunnel set that they, um, the actors ended up going through. Right. on old and did a fantastic job so uh basically as soon as i landed it was full-on prep work and all that stuff and i think i was there for some same same duration like a week and a half or so and uh, yeah and then uh we, we got all that stuff done and you know night just said of said we'll do it again brother and that yeah. was that so yeah, out awesome. of there and yeah you know, off to something else but yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, do, do you remember the moment thinking back over the course of your career that you realized that this was something that not only you were good at, but it was something that you wanted to do and that you knew, hey, I can make a living at this and and the kind of living that I want.
1: Uh, I mean, I think the first job I did was a horror movie. The first film I shot as a DP was a horror movie. It was a Hellraiser movie. And um, I had... I had... The desire to to be a, a cinematographer, but oftentimes you think, well, you know, I could stay what I'm doing and I'll just be an assistant or, or, or what have you. I mean, I was an assistant on uh, Insomnia with Al Pacino and Rob yeah. Williams for Chris Nolan. That was his second film, his first big studio picture. But, you know, I think with any, you know, I stayed long enough at each. Position in the camera department that I felt I had amassed enough knowledge to to move further. So I'll, there are also other people who don't want to do that. They want to just you know oh I want to be a DP and I'm just going to start shooting stuff. And whether you fail or not, um, I think to me putting the time in is is the from uh, as far as my perspective is concerned putting the time in is the most important thing to yeah. do because I think you understand each step um, in the process as opposed to. I've, I certainly work for cameramen who have never have not done that and they've gone straight from film school to shooting and right. and then when you get around all that equipment they don't really understand it's um, you know the philosophy behind a lot of it and 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 how to execute the ju- the shots with the equipment so you're relying on crew members that have done it for years to save your ass and. I never wanted to be one of those people. I witnessed it too many times. I just thought, I, want, I really want to know what I'm doing. And I want to have the confidence to t- undertake this stuff when someone says, hey, we need to do this. And you can come in and, and do it without going, oh, yeah, I can do it, but not really knowing what you're doing. So I mean, every job has different challenges for sure. But um, you know, I just think it's, it's, very hel- it's very helpful to have a journeyman sort of process with, with this. I think that you can take that attitude to anything in life, really.
0: Yeah, were there any mentors that you had in this school of filmmaking by being there and doing it that, that you either just learned from that you said, wow, I, I wanna make sure that I'm someone like that? Or was there something that someone said to you along the way and you said, I, I'm not gonna forget that?
1: Well, um, certainly um, the, The work of Lamar Boren on Thunderball and a lot of the James Bond films, For Your Eyes Only, and uh, Spider Loved Me. Um, He he passed away before I was ever in the film industry, but uh, his work was so influential that it still is. You know, I still put Thunderball on still marvel at it. And uh, so there's a lot of influences. Um, You know, Howard Hall is a natural history filmmaker. He did the first IMAX 3D underwater film called Into the Deep. And I never worked with Howard. I did dive with him at Cocos Island in Costa Rica with all the hammerhead sharks. Wow. And, um, and so watching him work was, uh, was very um, influential as well as, I mean, I, I find him to be the most artistic of any of the, I mean, underwater documentaries is like, okay, the shot of a fish going by or a shark or whatever, but to actually have a good sense of composition um, he separates himself from, yeah. from many others and still does to this day. A lot of the Blue Planet, a lot of the, the BBC natural history films have come out of late. I mean, they've really changed the way a lot of those films look. They, they look spectacular and the cameramen that they have working on those films are spectacular. But as far as my own personal influences, I mean, I, I trained under Pete Romano who, uh, who runs Hydroflex and uh, he was very helpful. And um, we worked together quite well when I was an assistant. Um, and uh, mike ferris is another guy who he shot uh, some underwater work he did uh, the game with david fincher uh, yeah. he was also another another strong uh, influence but um you know i mean ultimately you know my favorite cinematographer of all time was robbie mueller who shot uh, mm-hmm. for ben venders and alex cox and william friedkin on to live and die in la and uh, you know he never did anything underwater but just yeah. his edict is is, is sort of You know ethos regarding photography and his use of natural light, and so, you know, in the four corners of the frame before you start, before you roll on anything, before I roll the camera on anything, I have all these influences. You know, from Robbie Mueller to Andrew Wyeth to uh, Alex Colville, artist, to uh, James Notway, who's a James Notway, who's a combat photographer music art anything it's all swirling in your head and then yeah. these these influence the decisions that you make when you are framing or composing or lighting or what have you it's not just oh i like that guy's work in that movie i'm going to copy it it's you know it's these influences have stayed with me for a very long time so yeah you know and new influences are all you know the new influence new instances of the um of the bbc uh, crews that are shooting those films i mean what, I mean, they're they're out there for months. I mean, I don't do that kind of work, but uh, yeah, I'd certainly certainly love to work on some of that. But I mean, I've done a few documentaries, but uh, uh, some of the footage of whales and stuff that these guys have got is just amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, so I take uh, influences from you know photography, motion pictures, uh, all different kinds of all different art forms, really. So.
0: Yeah, you were talking earlier about uh, Free Solo. And yeah, uh, I remember watching that uh, when it first came out. Um, I was serving on a, a documentary selection committee and um, that oh, film yeah. popped up. And immediately uh, I was like, yeah, this is one that the bigger the screen, the better mm-hmm. the experience. And uh, it, it, it won the many awards that year and, and rightfully so. But I was just blown away by what they were able to create and bring to life. Uh, matter of fact, um, on my desktop, you can't see it, but I've got images um, from that movie saved on, uh, on both of my desktops because oh, yeah. the, Im- the imagery yeah. was just so incredible. And to realize, you know, the, to me, the, the documentary of the making of that documentary is, is, as fascinating as the documentary itself when you get a chance to look behind the yeah. scenes Un- incredible yeah, absolutely totally. incredible. and uh,
1: and and Bob Eisenhart who was the editor on that picture is the editor I worked quite closely with on the Thai cave rescue picture so i mean i saw i had a i saw a few cuts of it and you know i knew what we had to augment but uh, i mean i know that they worked they crafted free solo for several months with bob yeah. You know, you've got to continue to drive the story, and it's always it's always story driven. I mean, right, right. You know, everything that you're you know you're bringing in with you can use old or Jungle Cruise. It's like as an example. The sequences that I that I contributed to those films are a part of the story. Yeah. Oftentimes, I'm thinking, you know, oh, I hope the film didn't get cut out. I still haven't seen Jungle Cruise. I'm gonna go see it today. But um, oftentimes, when I'm and it, which makes it kind of weird when I'm talking about it with with people like. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the movie anymore, <laughs> or if they cut it out or not, right? So, you know, sometimes they like, oh, so-and-so's car goes off the cliff and goes into the water. You know, when they're running along with the runtime, they can go, what do we need to, what do we need to chop out here? Right. Does that sequence advance the story forward? No, then, yeah. but if it does, I mean, I think I've been fortunate so far. I don't make these decisions, but I've been fortunate so far with the films that I've worked on. That my work has not been edited out of it. So, yeah, uh, and I like what they did in Old, and that they 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 did the sequence and then they cut, went back to another scene and then they went back to it again. I like the way right. they did that. But, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I tell you the the beauty of uh, editors and cinematographers uh, working hand in hand and having that same mindset of oh well, and also directors and everything else. But there, I think there's something special about uh, understanding the the concept of editing and the purpose of editing when you are a cinematographer. Correct.
1: Yeah. knowing where the cut point's going to be I mean you're not yeah. trying to direct the film but you're saying you know this is what he's going to use this is what he's not going to use this is the important part to get and that also breaks down when we're we've got a lot of shots to do and it's like okay what's the, it's like what is the most important yeah. of these shots okay we have 10 shots where we have to show this the rest of the stuff is gravy that they could you know slice what? or insert here and there but you need right. to concentrate on the on the on the um the important parts and also within that the talent if they're not comfortable in the water right you could base all your shots around that and go we can get one take out of them and they could be uncomfortable yeah. it's happened several times but uh, yeah. you know there's other there's other performers you know, you, you, one thing to remember when you're watching a sequence like that it's either jungle cruise or old or tully with charlie theron it's um they have to act while they're underwater as well. Right. They're, not, right. they're not just, you know, a lot of the. okay, well, go underwater and be scared. It's like, well, it doesn't require much acting. I am fright, <laughs> I am terrified right now. I'm inside this car and I can't get out. But Charlize is actually able to know what side of the camera to look at. She knows where the lens is and what to do with it. And um, she's amongst a select few of very, very good um, performers who can really pull it off underwater and are a pleasure to work with. And she gets yeah. it, right? So,
0: yeah, she's just, she is amazing in, in pretty much anything she does. I had yeah. a chance to uh, interview her for Bombshell, and um, she's just prolific and so versatile. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that, uh, that you're saying that's the, the way she is. She's just that good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And Ryan Reynolds was, uh, he was he had the longest breath hold of anybody I've worked with so far. He was fantastic on Deadpool too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we all we also did a sequence which ended up not being in the film. I think they reshot it because uh, they they uh, we did we did the whole scene underwater with um, Marina and I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, but uh, she played um, uh, Reynolds' um, girlfriend, wife in the film.
0: Right, and she had
1: you know lo- you know documented huge fears and phobias of water, and we got her. We got her comfortable i mean that's part of my it's part of my job description is to make make sure that the talent is is comfortable you know and there's been certain circumstances where you know when we did um glass with um M. Night Shyamalan and night uh, Shamon and bruce willis bruce didn't really he didn't really have a lot of interest in going in the water and it wasn't until we you know we it's a slow you know make him feel confident and and comfortable and it's all about the comfort and, and and you know make it easy for them and don't make them oh my god I have to dive down from what and do what and it's like it's too many things that them to think about including acting so it's you know part of your job I think is to make them feel comfortable and you know for you to do all the work my. and for them to you know just you know do concentrate on their acting so it's Love. that's that's a major part of it
0: well, and you did Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol as well. And you were talking about Ryan Reynolds doing that, uh, you know, the longest holding of your breath. And I know that, that Tom Cruise loves to do all oh, of yeah. this stuff. Uh, so any, any thoughts about that particular film, Ghost Protocol?
1: Ghost Protocol, he and Renner were both in that car that upturned. And, uh, you know, Tom is fantastic in the water. I haven't worked, that was the first time uh, that i worked with him. And, uh, you know, Pete Romano has been with him on a lot of his productions, uh, from The Mummy to uh, the other uh, Mission Impossible picture, the one they, where he's in that centrifuge. Um, and, you know, Tom wants to do it all. He um, He's capable of doing it. And that's, uh, so, you know, we rehearsed that shot with stunt doubles for about six hours. And then he came up and watched on the monitor what we had been doing. And then he started, you could see what he was, he was reblocking the whole thing to how he would do it. Wow! So, and then he dove in and he said, you know, Hey, underwater camera guy, I'm going to do this, reach for that, do that. And then I go, go grab uh, go grab a renter. Okay, let's roll. So you had to just like shoot it one take and not screw it up. So again, that's challenging. And yeah. you know, he, yeah. he raises the bar, you know, right. it's like a lot of people, when you work with them, like M night is very, very specific about the shots that he wants. He'll, he'll make you do it, you know, 15 times over until he gets what he wants. Even if it's something that's slightly subtle, he'll still want to make it perfect for him. It's not that it's, it's not perfect. It's perfect for him. And that's the same with any director, right? Some of them aren't as specific, but you know, I think it also drives you just to, okay, what can I do to improve that 2% more that it's not. You know, it's not fulfilling what you really want. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and again, that's part of your job is to fulfill what they want.
0: So, right. You know. Right. To, to put yourself into it, but at the same time, to deliver Correct. what they want yeah. with your with your touch, with your trademark, whatever that Correct. happens to be. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, well. I really appreciate you, Ian Seabrook, taking the time to talk with us about movies and about your work. Uh, thinking back over the body of your work again, it's just so vast. Are there any uh, lasting memories you want to make sure you share with an audience that uh, from a film, uh, good or bad or ugly?
1: (laughs) Well, the bad would be um, there's a picture idea called Pathfinder. It's um, like Vikings and Native Indians. It was directed by Marcus Nispel, who is a music video director from, um, I think he's in Austria he did the texas chainsaw reboots and stuff anyway it was a it was a you know sword slug fest movie but um there's a bit where there's an ice lake and it cracks open and everyone falls in and there's a battle underneath there and we had so many stunt people in in um armor well it was obviously fake armor and stuff but chain mail and thick you know bearskin rugs and this and that and because it's supposed to be in the, in the uh, you know, like sort of Game of Thrones-esque sort of Arctic uh, battle thing. And Carl Orban was the actor in that, that film. And the film is, you know, it's terrible, but that sequence was great and the work that we did on it was great. Um, and as far as the good is concerned, I would say that uh, when we went to Bora Bora on um, Batman vs. Superman, not only was the location, because I do really love, have a love affair with the South Pacific, but, uh, um, The sequence where they discovered the kryptonite rock uh, was, uh, we used a, um, uh, the performer was a 14 year old uh, boy from uh, Daiti. And he's actually a professional, semi-professional surfer who had done a lot of surfing at Chopo, which is the giant wave they have there. breaks onto a very small, small, shallow reef. We did so many takes with him and his ability to hold his breath and act. And he's not an actor. He's just a, you know, he's a surfer, but um, he was absolutely the right choice. I mean, there's, 80 different angles with it that only they only use two or three of them in the film but you know I followed them down the anchor chain you know I, I started here and I, you know all this stuff and it was just like Zach said okay here's what you have to get now dress it up and do it with whatever you want to add to it and that's usually when I uh, that's what I like to shine is is um, making sure that we have the shot that you require yeah. but then they go okay now give me what you want to give them, and then. They go, yeah. oh, and then from there, then their creative energy starts, right. you know, colliding with mine. So it's, it's not just a question of pointing the camera at the person. It's just like, as, as you were saying, like, what right. else are you going to bring to the project, right? So, yeah. And depending on the people that you're working with, I mean, I always bring my best. But when you really start to, you know, connect with someone in that regard, and I have that with Francis Lawrence as well. Um, and uh, Miguel Sapochnik, who there's a picture called Finch that I think Apple is releasing in October with Tom Hanks. I connected really well with Miguel, uh, who's who's um doing the Game of Thrones he did the Game of Thrones for several years and he he asked me to do the the prequel with them in the u k but i had other sad sadly I had other commitments yeah. but um anyway, so it's like that creative you know what I was saying earlier like you know Zach and Francis Lawrence and Miguel and there's a few others just very select few people that I would you know anytime they're calling you like I'm going you know knight is amongst those people fantastic right, right. person so it's yeah. like yeah. Would you like to come yeah of course as long as you're there it's great you
0: know? yeah. <laughs> well that, that's a that's another a beautiful thing when you're able to develop those relationships uh yeah. and, and the chemistry that you can develop between especially a director uh and a, a cinematographer uh, it, it just it has to be of one mind in so many different ways and so you're right yeah. when you get those calls of those that you have enjoyed working with and those that are at you know the beyond the height of 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 their talent and they just keep getting better in certain ways You're, you can't you can't not say yes
1: <laughs> yeah you'll 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 adjust your schedule to make that, yeah. to make it to make it work
0: right? absolutely so, well yeah. ian uh, how can people find out uh, more about you if they want to follow your work and follow what's going on with you uh,
1: i have a like everyone i have a website it's uh, dorsalfin.net and dorsalfin, like the fin on the whales or sharks um, My Instagram handle is uh, dorsalfinprod. Uh, The the dorsalfin was already taken, so I had to go with prod for production. And then I have another, uh, I also have a linked site on my website just for my second unit land-based cinematography work.
0: Awesome. Well, Ian, thanks so much for being our guest. I really appreciate it. Any final thoughts or comments you want to share before we wrap things up?
1: No, I just, it's it's odd that I I had two films that I worked on. Uh, that were released within a week of each other Uh, i was driving on the 405 down in la and i saw at night my wife goes look jumbo cruise and looked over (laughs) and i saw the billboard lit up and now right behind it was old and i go that never (laughs) happens right it's like you know just it's just because of the backlog from covid i'm sure that's the reason why it, it all happened that way and the bond film uh same thing they were i think they were the first to push but um and, you know, the Thai cave rescue picture, when that comes out, I think that's going to be um, a really, it's a spectacular story. And we worked with the actual divers who did the wow. rescue wow. and uh, it was, it was really important to, for them to have their own equipment because a lot of their gear is all custom made and they're all wonderful gentlemen, wonderful, wonderful human beings. The story was, it uh, was amazing. And, um, and also when I was over in the UK, I had the, uh, I had the, Opportunity to hi- be in charge of hiring the crew, and so uh, I chose people who, you know, had experience like me, who had worked their way up. And you know, my focus builder had done a lot of Bond movies, and he'd done yeah. Murder on the Orient Express and Death in the Nile in 65 millimeter film, so he's extremely experienced. And underwater gaffer had done, you know, a lot of underwater pictures there, so they were amazing crew, as I knew they would be. Um, my dad was from the uk so you know it's you know i've lived there for a bit and lived in australia so it's like it's all in the blood so it was it was an instant connection so again you know the experiences of the films that you work on whether the films are good or not the experiences tend to be what i remember the most it's you know had a fantastic time on that film and the film was like "Eh, it wasn't really well received you're like "Eh, it doesn't matter yeah exactly it doesn't take away from the memory so
0: no, you you there is a uh, certain community and family that you create with those you work with, uh, and yeah. uh, and you the next time you bump into them, whether it's three or four or five, six, ten films down the road, you're like, hey, you know, then you can reminisce about about yeah. those times. So uh, yeah, absolutely, we, we were <laughs> there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ian, yeah. thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to continuing to follow your work and really appreciate your time. Would love to have you back at some point.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful to talk to you. Thanks very much for having me on the show.
0: I'd like to thank Ian Seabrook for taking the time to spend with us right here on Open Dialogue. I hope that you enjoyed it uh, as much as I have. Uh, It was amazing to talk to him about all the filmmakers that he's been able to work with and uh, the body of work that he's created and continuing to create. Uh, You can check him out uh, online, check out his website. You can also uh, check him out on IMDB and just see some the amazing uh, work we didn't even cover that's right there as well. If you're looking for some of his new work, you can check out two films in theaters uh, right now. Those films, Jungle Cruise, Old. Uh, You can also check out uh, Army of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder film and um, in the not too distant future, you'll be able to see his work in the film Finch with Tom Hanks. Uh, For Open Dialogue, thanks again for spending time with us and Ian Seabrook, thank you. Till next time, that's a wrap.